and the way you want to live your life, glorifying and worshiping our God in heaven. Are we grateful for a God that loves us, his son Jesus? Come on, we do better than that. It's a new year. Let's give him some praise. Let's give him some worship. He is most worthy of all honor and all glory. Good morning. How are we all doing? Happy New Year. We doing good? How are we doing with our resolutions? I saw some of you smoking on the way into church. We're going to get you some Nicorette. Uh, we got you. Hey, can we welcome the men of Lansing Correctional Facility? Everybody online. And it is just good to be in the house with y'all. Look at you wearing your Christmas clothes to church. You're looking good. You guys can grab your seats. Can we take the worship team as they go? What a great job every week. Awesome. Hey, it's a special week for us as we kick off the new year. And we're just going to have a, a focused time, an intentional time, going after God together. Here at Kingdom City Church, if you're new, we're so honored to have you here. Uh, we say we're building people. Our goal, our heart, our mission, our mandate, we're building people who bring heaven to earth. We believe that Kansas City, your neighborhood, your family, your future needs more of heaven invading our world. And so we get built up to be the kind of people that can carry God's presence and God's plan out to Kansas City and beyond. And we do that building through the Word of God by the Holy Spirit. The Word of God. This year we're in a we we'll call it a Bible year. Let there be light. Genesis 1. There's our Bible. A Bible year. In fact, we're reading through the Bible. How many people have joined us so far on the Bible? You are firsthand up. You are excited to be in the Word. Um, we're reading through it together. There's all sorts of different Bible plans there, but I want to encourage you. Get on the one we're doing together as a church. Just a couple chapters a day. You get through the whole Bible. That's not challenging enough for you, Mr. Spiritual. Um, read the New Testament four or five times. Read it in Greek. Read the Old Testament in Hebrew. That's fine. But let's stay on the same page together this Bible year. Because I think there's something powerful when we're in our conversation and what God is speaking to us. In fact, our sermons thematically throughout the year will correspond with what we just read in the previous week, Old Testament or New, or what we're about ready to read in the week to come. So we're going to just stay in this year of being built together in the Word of God and its power. In fact, today we'll kick off our message with something we read just a few days ago. Why don't we go ahead and do that? Matthew chapter 3, leading into verse starting in verse uh, 16, leading into chapter 4 of Matthew. You got your Bibles? If not, it's on the screen. As soon as Jesus was baptized. If you've not been baptized, next week is your week. It's going to be a great week. In fact, my kids are getting baptized. Hello? I'm going to be a hot mess. We're not going to need to refill the waters. I will weep those waters full. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Holy Spirit showed up, the Spirit of God, descending like a dove and alighting on him. And then a voice came from heaven, the voice of the Father. This is my Son, whom I love, and with him, when it concerns him, I am well pleased. How many love that? The affirmation of heaven on the life of Jesus. Significant to know that Jesus did not turn water to wine, not raise the dead, not fed the multitudes, did not complete the cross yet, and God is already pleased with him. And because Jesus did complete his mission, we now live in that same affirmation of heaven. It's called righteousness. 
you're in right standing with God, not based upon your performance or the fulfillment of the future plans that God has for you. You are loved by God, you are a son and daughter of God, and when it comes to you, God looks at you and he is well pleased. Man, I love that end of chapter three. But chapter four, we got a turn of events. Brace yourself, Christian, here we go. Then Jesus was led by that same spirit, that kind little dove, into the wilderness to be tempted by, dun, 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 the devil. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Matthew chapter seven, read this just a day ago. Ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, everyone who asks, everyone who asks receives. And the one who actually will seek will find. And the one that will actually knock, the door will be opened. I'm talking to some sons and daughters that are already affirmed by God. They want their future to be God-ordained, God-directed, God-graced, and God-blessed. They want their 2023 to be a year of open doors, finding favor, graced by God, growing and maturing in our faith, a year of destiny and fulfillment, because we're asking, we're seeking, and we're knocking. Today, we kick off our pursuit week. And I wanna talk just a little bit about pursuit when it comes to prayer and presence. When we pray and experience the presence of God, when we pursue, when we ask, seek, and knock, when we're willing to go into the wilderness for a little bit, we'll see God do some things that we've never seen done before. Open doors and destiny. Amen. Can we pray? Come on, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for just even getting us here today. For the start of this year, from the very beginning, we want to just say thank you, God. Maybe some people in the room People online had some difficult 2022s. Maybe it's been difficult for a few years. Maybe it's been a great year. But we just thank you. You sustained us and you've graced us and you've gotten us this far. And we know, God, you're not done working yet. We're gonna give you our dreams and our desires. We're gonna give you our very best this year. And we kick off this week pursuing your presence. And we ask you to speak to us. Grow our marriages. Build our families. Align our daily lives with your divine purpose and Lord, we thank you, particularly for church, that the Chiefs have a bye week. It's just good for church and good for the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. 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 Last couple of times I prayed for the Chiefs on Sunday, they lost. And so I'm not, um, I'm not spooky about that, but I am very spiritual, so we're not doing that. Pursuit, prayer, and presence. When we pursue, God shows up. The Bible says God is a rewarder. In his nature, he likes to reward. Who does he reward? The Bible says those that diligently, diligently seek him. Hey, you have a resolution, and you can get some of those done with willpower. In fact, I think you can accomplish a whole lot with daily disciplines and willpower. Hey, you can Dave Ramsey your savings to the American dream of owning a home and a car and all of that, but for a God dream, you need more than willpower. You need grace. 
And the Bible says God gives grace to the? Okay, we gotta read our Bibles this year. I'm going over here. God gives grace to the? But God opposes the? So when we're prideful, when we've got it all figured out, when we have our agenda set and we're asking God to bless my plan, he's opposing. But when we say, God, I want it your way. God, I want your year. God, I want my heart to be in right alignment with your presence. I want your grace. He gives grace. He gives his supernatural divine help to those that ask for help. So my message today is not super deep. It will not mesmerize you with deep truths from God's word. But what I hope it does, it draws you into the step you have to make for yourself. That I'm going to pursue God starting this week and all year long. But this week we're kicking it off by be willing to receive the affirmation that we're already loved by God. But we want more of God. We want more of God. We're willing to be led by the Spirit, not by my sermon, but by the Spirit of God for your own life, into the wilderness for just a week. Maybe you want to do a little longer. Maybe you want to discipline. Some people in our church are doing that for a little bit longer. That's beautiful. But what about one week of being led by the Holy Spirit in the wilderness so that what? We can overcome. So Jesus was not just out there just walking around, wasting time until the devil showed up. No, he was spending time with his Father. He was worshiping, he was praying, he was getting downloaded the plan that would take him all the way to the grave and victorious over sin and death. And ultimately, he was fulfilling his destiny by pursuing God. And there came temptation and he overcame temptation. And there he crucified the flesh long before he was crucified on the cross. And he, he in that season of searching after God, he had his plan revealed and his purpose laid out in front of him. More of God this year for your life. If we're being people that are being built to bring heaven to earth and we need a strong foundation. And so we're taking the first of our year and we're saying, God, we want our foundation to be fixed on time with your presence. And if we have to go to the wilderness for a while, we're gonna let you work because we're gonna seek, we're gonna ask, and we're gonna knock so that we can have everything you desire to give us become the reality that we walk in. Because when you have closeness with God, you have a greater grace, you have a stronger faith, you have a bolder life, you have a more peaceful spirit, you have a joyful heart, you have a power to live the life you were meant to live. And listen, you are as close to God as you wanna be. God draws near to those that go after him. That's what the book of James says. James chapter four, come close to God and he will come close to you. Now God is not living in the box. We're gonna look at 2 Samuel, the Ark of the Covenant, He's not in a box, he's in you. But there is a connection with his presence, and I'm talking about his voice, his discerning, guiding voice that directs and orders your steps, that checks your attitudes and behaviors that are out of alignment with his best for your life. When you come close to God, he will come close to you, and we gotta wash our hands. I remember two years ago, we were washing our hands nonstop. Wash your hands, you sinners, it says and purify your own heart. For your loyalty, James writes, I love James, He's just, he just spits it real and fast, is divided between what? God and the world. The NIV says you're double-minded. And that's the world we live in. Listen, we live in the world. 
Now we know we're citizens of heaven, but we live here in Kansas City. And I grew up in a kind of a church movement and a mindset, which I'm very grateful for, but it was like everything in the world is evil. And the crown jewel of the devil's rule is Halloween. <laughs> so movies and everything, evil, evil, evil. But the truth is, hey, you can enjoy life. You can go to the movies. Like, in fact, we, we, we live in this world, the Bible says, but we're not of this world because we're called to influence this world. We just read this in our Bible reading. We're salt and light to a world that needs direction, needs help. They're lost. They need God flavor. They need God illumination. They need to see Jesus by the way we love, the way we serve. So we're in this world, but we don't conform to this world. Romans 12, we transform it. Why? By changing the way that we think. And so we're, we're in this world for a, a purpose, but we, we, we need to not love this world more than we love God. Some of you, like, you, are, you prayed more over the election than you did God's purpose over your life. You, you got more angry over, uh, um, over how something didn't work out at your career than you do about the injustices and the people that are far from God that we're called to bring hope and help and healing to as God's people here on the earth. What we see in this passage from Matthew 3 into 4 is Jesus already has affirmation. He already has God's... God loves them. And yet, God, I, I, want, I want to fulfill your purpose. I'm willing to be led by the same spirit that affirms me as a son or daughter of God. I'm willing to be led by that spirit to some difficult places because destiny is often found in disciplined and difficult places. And so I go into the wilderness and I cut out some stuff in my life so I can have more of you. Why do we pray and fast? Can I give you a real simple answer? Jesus did it. That's enough for me. But we pray and fast because it both helps us, like James says, get out of the world and into God. Now, if you're going to choose one, I would just encourage you, choose prayer. Because fasting without prayer and without worship and without a joyful heart, this is why you've got to be led by the Spirit, not by a sermon. Doing something sacrificial, not to prove something to someone else, but because, you know, God's prompted your heart to lay it down for a while. When you do that, like fasting without the prayer is like the worst diet that isn't even spiritual. But when we pray and we fast, it's like strengthening all of us. Hey, it's January. Try to go to your gym. Guys, try to go tomorrow, uh, uh, Monday morning, and, and get on a bench. You will not find an open bench in the Tri-County area. Why? Because everybody's on Monday chest day because that's the muscle every guy wants. And they're all got their new disciplines. Now you go to the squat rack, there's going to be a tumbleweed rolling through there. Because <laughs> everyone wants to show, but no one wants to do the real work to grow. In the same way, there's, we can get all passionate and excited about the beginning. But it's actually this holistic part of prayer and fasting, which for us, listen, some of you, I'm challenging you, this isn't just something you do this week. You should probably be doing this multiple times this year where I'm just gonna take a season. Maybe it's a day, maybe it's three, and I'm gonna strip away some of the things that aren't even bad. They're just not the best because I don't wanna be divided between God and the world. I want him to get my undivided. And so when we fast and we pray, it's like we're working out all of us. Like you could just work out one arm and you would be ripped in that one arm. If I did that, I would just have one sleeve on up here all the time. And sure, it'd be good for opening jars of pickles, but it would be weird. 
The same way, some of us just pray, or maybe some of you have some good disciplines in your life. But when we combine those things together, we're completely strong because we weaken the flesh and we strengthen the spirit at the same time. And you have some enemies. There's the devil, like Jesus overcomes the tempter in the wilderness. And we have this world that's trying to bring us down to its level of a carnal mindset. And then we have this flesh, this part of us that just wants to do what's easy, what's convenient. I mean, the Bible tells the truth. It says sin is fun for a season. If you haven't had any fun while you've been sinning, you've been doing it wrong. I'm supposed to laugh at church. It's fun for a season, but it ends up bringing death to your life. It felt good in the moment, but man, my relationships fell apart. I took a shortcut in a second, and it was easier, but it cost me more than I thought it would. So we don't have this undivided loyalty, and that's why we pray and why we, why we fast. Jesus went without some of the natural so he could experience more of the supernatural. He already had the presence. Friends, he was the present of God on the earth, and he still pursued more. We're going to look at an Old Testament story in the next 15 minutes and 8 seconds. 2 Samuel chapter 6, if you have your Bibles, you turn there. But before that, we'll start in Psalms 132. This is about King David desiring God's presence back where it belonged. I'm willing to pursue and bring in more of the presence of God to where it belongs. But Psalms 132 is this song written about David's desire to have the presence of God. And it's what it says, Lord, remember David and all his, listen, self-denial. He's the king, but he has a heart that cares about God's presence. He swore an oath to the Lord and made a vow to the mighty one of Jacob or Israel to the God of heaven. I will not go about business as normal, he says. I'm not going to go to my house, my home, my bed. I'm not going to sleep or slumber. God, I want you to find your place, a dwelling for the mighty one of Israel. I love that because here he is the king. And we, what I love about it is, first of all, David David could have got canceled like five times. Like David did some stuff and had some sin issues and some struggles. And there was a cost to that. But David, it says about him, he still served God's purpose for his generation. Let me say that. He fulfilled his destiny. So if you got some stuff and if you got some issues, you can still fulfill the destiny of heaven for your life. Because God only used one perfect person, Jesus. The rest of the time, he's using imperfect you and me, but we're people that pursue. We're people that pray, and we're people that want the presence of God, or the people that God will use to fulfill his purpose for their generation. He says, I, I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to make myself low. Even as king, he says, there's a greater king than me, and I want to deny myself. And I swore an oath. In other words, I made a plan. I made a vow with God. This is what I'm going after. I'll lower myself. I'm not going to rest until your presence is where it belongs. In 2 Samuel 6, the ark is away. It was captured, and they reclaimed it. And so David says, I've got a plan. This is how we're going to get it back to where it belongs. And he did not consult God. And he did it his own power and his own ability and his own authority, and it went tragically wrong. It says that David gathered all the elite troops, the Navy SEALs, the Army Rangers. If you grew up in church, the Royal Rangers. <laughs> Not elite troops. 
all the elite troops in Israel, 30,000 in all. David's like, we're going to put on a military display of might unlike anything you've ever seen before. And I got some things right. They, they bring the worship band and the worship team there as well. And so they go there and they place the ark. It says in verse two, the second problem is they place it on a new cart and they pulled it with oxen. Those are the, the most advanced technology they could use. And here we see the two problems. First problem is this. God is not looking for elite troops. He's looking for worshipers and priests. God is not looking for people that pass all the regiment tests of this world. He's looking for people that can test the test in their hearts. That are you a person that can worship? Then you're the kind of person I want to carry my presence. And I'm not looking for the elite. I'm looking for the humble. And then they put it on the modern technology. That's why I'm a big fan. I, hey, I love the Bible reading app. It's awesome. But I'm encouraging everyone in our church, if this is really your church community, you get a paper Bible this year and you sit down and you carve out time to actually read it distraction free because your phone can be a blessing and it can also be a, what a blessing. <laughs> it's a distraction. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna kick it a little old school this year. And even the science backs it up that when you read pages off of paper, it sticks in your heart and your mind more. So they use the elite troops and they use the modern technology because God didn't want something mechanical carrying his ark. God wanted right hearts and right people. It was meant to be a burden carried by man that would become a blessing. And David just said, hey, you know what? We're going to do our... We're, we're going to systematize this thing. And we're going to put the best of the best, because surely that's what God would want. But he did not consult God and end up causing the life. Uh, took a life. These two sons of Abinadab, Uzzah and uh, Ahio. And they were guiding the cart. And all of a sudden, the cart began to stumble as they were singing and praising. And the threshing floor, in verse 6, it began to fall. And Uzzah, whose name literally means strength. Uzzah thought, hey, I can handle this puts his hand on something he's not supposed to touch, something holy, and it cost him his life. He was struck dead. Was that his fault? No, it was David's. Because David put him in that position, and he didn't know any better. He thought, hey, I'm strong enough. I can put this into place. God is not looking for the elite. God is not looking for us to mail it in or systematize this thing away. This is a spiritual journey, and God doesn't need your strength. God has actually works best, the Bible says, through Apostle Paul, in your weakness then when you cannot do it in your own ability and you're relying on his supernatural graces where he shows up the strongest in your life. And so there's something uniquely old school about the presence of God. John Wesley says it's not new things we need, but a new fire. We didn't need to modernize this thing too much. But in this modern world, we need to be willing to get alone in the wilderness, led by the spirit, to worship and to praise God. Tonight, act like we've got it all together. We're not elite troops. We're just simple, humble sons and daughters of God. And not to systematize it away, but to really stretch yourself and lean in as we ask, seek, and knock in this week of pursuit. We get the fire back, a new and fresh fire fanned into flame. And so I just hope you're willing to join in with us as we get a little old school for a week. In verse 11, it says that the ark remained in Obed-Edom's house, and man, he was blessed because the presence was there. And David was like, we got to get that thing back. I want that blessing in my house. 
good news for you and me in this new covenant that we walk in because of what Jesus has done. Your neighbor can be blessed and you can be blessed as well. So quit getting angry at your neighbor's blessing and go get your own presence. Go get your own presence and fire from God. In First Chronicles, it says, hey, this is what you did wrong. Verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 13. For because you did not do it, what, the first time. In the first thing you did, it went wrong. It said the Lord God broke out against us because we what did not consult him, I love this, about the proper order. So what we're doing in the first of our year, the first time, we're gonna get the proper order of the plan of heaven for all of our lives. If anything is above or exalted above God in your life, we are stripping that away this week and we're putting things in proper order. He is the God over my relationships. He is the God over my mind. He is the God over my work. I am not there one way and code switch another way when I'm in church. He is the God over my sexuality. He is the God over my finances. He is the God over every. It is in proper order in my life. Consult him. God, how do you want it done? What we normally do is say, God, here's my plans. Get it done. I've been guilty of that prayer. I'll tell you, in the spirit of humility, we come to God and say, God, how do you want it done? Because in my mind, I think elite troops and strength, and I think the, we should put the, the best that we've got on it, but you might want to work a little differently. The Bible says that the foolish things of this world, God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. If you've got it all figured out, friends, I'm telling you, you have opposition from God in your life but in the spirit of humility with a heart that hungers after him, being led out into the wilderness to ask, seek, and knock. We get things in proper order and watch and see the favor and fulfillment of God begins to show up in your marriage and show up in the raising of your kids and show up in your career because he gets to align it. Verse 13, they start doing it right. And the men carry the ark of the Lord and I love this part. And after they had gone six steps, they stopped. They went one, two, little stutter step, three, four, five, slide into six. You didn't know I could tap. You guys are not laughing today. That's your own. I'm fasting for you to get a sense of humor. After they took six steps, they stopped and they killed the they, they made a sacrifice, the bull and the fatted calf. That's a costly sacrifice. And then they danced, and then they worshiped. And David was wearing his priestly garment. He wasn't all dolled up. Now he was just simply a worshiper and a priest. And they brought in the ark that way. This is about six miles. Depending on how you read this, it could be every six steps they stop and they sacrifice, or at least they stop and they worship. What are they doing? They're going slow. It's not the elite troops. It's not the strength of Uzzah. It's not the cart and the oxen. It's a spirit of sacrifice and surrender. And they went slow because they said, God, we're not into modernizing this thing. We want to minister to you and meet with you the way that you desire. And we're willing to go slow. So what do we do? This week we pursue. 
we pursue, we says, if there's blessing and favor and fulfillment in God's presence, I'm going after it this year. Jerusalem was functioning without the ark there, but David knew it would be so much more blessed with more presence, so he went after it. It was the inconvenient thing to do to stop every six steps and to sacrifice, but they did it anyway. And they carried it on their own backs. Secondly, there has to be praise in this process. Because if you just do a hunger strike and get in your Bible and you count down the 30 minutes till you're done reading and praying or 15 minutes, whatever it is, and you make it through and go back on your day, but you never worship God, you are missing the whole point. This is a celebration of the fact that we even get to be people that can carry God's presence and connect with the living God. This should bring joy and excitement. We read this in our Bible reading. Jesus says, go ahead and comb your hair and wash your face. Like, don't act like this is so hard. This is a celebration. This is something beautiful. And so God shows up, and I think God only arrives sometimes in a transportation place of praise. Those that delight in him. And then it's persistent. As we're pursuing and we're praising, we're persistent. Every six steps, for some of you, that, that means it's an everyday thing that we're doing. And this is a week that's catalytic to start your whole year where you're in the word and you're in worship and you're in prayer like never before. So why? We can, we can see God do everything he wants to do. So often when it comes to God, we pray one prayer and then we keep crying out, God, are we there yet? Are we there yet? We were just on a road trip and my two-year-old learned that from the bigs. Are we there yet? It's like, where did, no. How do you already know that? But that's what we do. Are we there yet? And we're just thinking the destination is everything. When God says you can find joy in this journey. You might not get everything you want in your relationships in 2023, but I'm going to grow you to be the kind of person that in the next season, you're actually going to have fulfillment. You thought that was what you, the best you could get is me blessing that. God says, I have so much more in store for your family and for your career if you would just delight in me, if you would just draw close to me. If you'd be led by my spirit, even into the hard and dry places, you're going to have a revealed reward presence of God in a new way. This is how we started the church. <sighs> 13 years ago, did not know a soul in the city. And Liz and I prayed and fast. And we prayed and fast for you. People I love all over this room on the plaza today. What are we going to be who are we gonna love and get to know in the future? Because we pray and fast together. What does God have in store? We're gonna find out. Getting all misty this my old age, dang. We're people of prayer. We're people of worship. We're willing to pursue. Romans eight, if you just live by the flesh, some things are gonna die that God wants to live. But if you live by the spirit, some things are gonna die that God doesn't want in your life anymore. But if you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will really live. This is the beauty of doing these together, prayer and fasting. If you have to choose one, choose prayer. Let me just speak for a moment, a couple things. Don't force a fast on your kids. And slap a double stuff out of their hands and say, Pastor Kyle said no. Okay, they're gonna hate church and they're gonna hate me and that's your bad. Jesus was 30, okay, when he did this fast. They want to choose to give up something, let them choose it. But if you choose one, choose prayer.
If you're choosing, I'm gonna do a social media fast. Guys, that's just a good mental health break. That ain't a fast. Okay, some of you that might be your career, a part of your life, but get it. Do it, mail it in, that's great. But give up something that's wilderness. Go into a place of stretch. Don't try to prove something. If you've never done a hardcore fast, do a Daniel's fast. Do a juice fast. Don't just do something for the health benefit. This is a spiritual endeavor. Don't try to be tough. I'm gonna speak to the guys for a moment. They're like, oh, I just listened to Joe Rogan's podcast and I'm gonna do a sauna and no. This isn't macho. We're not elite troops. We're servants and sons of God. Let the spirit lead you to what your wilderness and what you're supposed to walk through looks like. Set a focus for your fast. David in Psalms 32 says he had an oath. He prepared. He wrote it down. Write down what you're believing for. Write down what you're going to do. Um, in fact, if you're not filling out a Connect card this week for something you're believing for, you're missing a beautiful moment. We're praying every single day this week over the needs in our church first. So write down what you're believing for. Let's be praying over those things today. Set a focus to turn that fire up. Choose your fast. Pick what you're going to do. And I would encourage you to stick through it. Make sure you got that praise and that worship part to it. And then thirdly, we stand in faith. We're not trying to prove something to God. We want his presence. And where his presence shows up, blessing follows. Where he goes first, everything gets in right order. When he directs your steps, he takes you to the right place. When you delight in him, he delights in you and gives you the desires of your heart. There are miracles in motion this week because we're led by the Spirit to some difficult places in our decisions. We're gonna worship and we're gonna pray and we're gonna praise and we might go a little bit slower than we normally do, but we know there's something significant that we're carrying in the season to come. We stand in faith, Isaiah 58. In fact, this passage is all about fasting title in your Bible. So it says, this is a fasting passage. It says, when we do this and when we pray, in verse 8, then your light will break forth like the dawn. Don't walk in the dark too long. Fast break. There's going to be some illumination in your future. And your healing God will quickly appear. I pray healing and health over our church in Jesus' name. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of God's going to get your back. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and God will say, I'm right here with you. God wants to show up in your life in a significant way this year. Just last week, we, I said we went to Colorado. We did a family trip. and saw some friends up there. We had a great time. But on the way there, um, we got a little later start than we were supposed to. Uh, I was trying to miss some weather. I'm not going to blame anyone for why we got a later start. That's a forgiven. And, <laughs> and uh, as we were driving out, we had a four-wheel drive car, and, um, and we were cruising. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, it's a little rain. We're going to be all right. Weather begins to drop. The last 53 miles took us three hours. Friends, we were in a full-on blizzard. I called and texted a lot of you. Would you pray for me? None of you answered. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. And uh, we, were, we were barely making it. Cars were sliding off the road left and right. In fact, they ended up closing I-70, like right behind us. And so it was like driving on the moon. The wind was blowing. You could not see anything. And I've been in some bad weather before. But with my family and like so much on the line, this was the worst. And cars are spinning everywhere. And eventually we spun out. 
and we're on the side of the road and we couldn't get out. And like the semi rolls by. And honestly, I was really impressed with Liz and the kids. They, they were really calm. I was acting like I was calm. But every dad out there knows like, hey, you're putting on a front. But in, you know, and I was praying and I was like, oh God, thank you for helping in my head. I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. But we spun out and I couldn't get out. I was like, we're gonna be here a minute. And then I remember, no, 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 I've got four wheel drive low. It's like, I've never used that, but I know what it does. It gives you like more power. And so I was like, okay, let's get low. Get low. It's too much friends with the world. Some of you need a fast this week and pray. And now the thing with four low is you can't go fast, but you're strong. Some of you have been in a storm. Some of you have been stuck in a rut. And some of you like your destination is so far away. And what I believe that God is wanting to say to you is if you will go humble, and if you will come to him hungry, and if you will get low of yourself, and not try to get God to bless your plan, but just invite his presence in, even into your pain, or even into your struggle, and even into your questions, and even into your struggles, in that place of low, there is strength. And he will not only get you out like he got us out, he's gonna get you to the place he's called you to go. And when we walk in humility this week, we are going to walk in destiny this year. I'm believing that for your life and for your family and for your future. So we need to shift into low for a short time and we ain't going fast, but we're going far. So let us come boldly, Hebrews 4 to the throne of our gracious God. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You're my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. This is why we can enter to the throne of the king, not just as a servant or a subject, but we enter as sons and daughters. I can come boldly into the throne of our gracious God to receive mercy to find grace, to help me in my time of need, to help us where we need it the most. When we ask and when we seek and when we knock, when we draw close, he will be there. Doors will open, answers will come, and direction will be yours in the name of Jesus. Would you stand to your feet? I wanna worship with you. Before that, I wanna pray for you. If you're just believing, like, let's just kick this focus week of pursuing God off together. I'm not saying what you have, you don't have to sign up what you're gonna do, but if, if you're in this week to pursue the presence of God, you just raise your hand in the room. Online, let us know if that's you. Like this week, I, I'm, I'm carving out time. I'm, I'm gonna be willing to be led by the Spirit to the wilderness so I can get God's word and God's ways as the direction for my life. Friends, I'm telling you, you are raising your hand in humility to God's grace accelerating your life this year. That's what I believe. Father God, I thank you for every heart in this church and every family and every individual and every married couple. I pray every one of us, whether they've been here a long time or they're brand new, that you have something you're wanting to do in their life, Lord, that is so significant. It isn't just you blessing their plan. It's your plan that will bless them in a way they could never even fully see until you reveal. 
God, you are a revealer and you are a rewarder. So as we diligently seek you this week, we're not just doing it for a week, we're just putting it first in our year. This is the way we're gonna live this year, is you go first. Proper order is God, you go first. You go first in our prayer, in our worship, you go first in our thoughts, and you go first in our life. And we believe we're gonna experience your very best. Holy Spirit, would you lead every individual what they're called to do? Whatever it looks like for them to walk one week in the wilderness, that they're not walking through dry places alone, they're walking into more of your presence and more of your fulfillment. And where your presence is, is the fullness of joy. So we do this fast and this praise and this prayer with joy in our hearts, because we get to spend time with you. For every son and daughter that's come up to a dead end, as they knock this week, the doors of destiny are open before them. And every place of brokenness is healed and restored. And every addiction has to fall at the foot of the cross. And every heartache and dilemma and mental struggle, God, you restore, refresh, and renew because you are a Father God that gives good gifts to your kids. God, we're coming after you. We're gonna pursue your presence. And would you show up in a beautiful, personal, and miraculous way in every heart, in every life, in the mighty name of Jesus. If you're in on all that God has, can we worship him? Come on, let's praise him today.